Hello and welcome back to the Sports Bubble. Um, Phil, uh, joined by Brenton and our resident mud man, Jonathan Douglas. <laughs> Hello everyone. How are you all? All very well. Very well, my end. Uh, Brenton, how are you, sir? I'm superb. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> We are. We're gonna. We, we're set up to do a sort of review of the season uh, show tonight. Uh, it's thir- it's Wednesday, actually, the fifth of August. But there's been a few big stories in football going on at the minute, and we're going to chat about them as well and look back at the FA Cup that happened at the weekend. We will touch on some of the season and review mo- some of it, but we're actually really close to the season starting again, so <laughs> um, we need to get things turned around. Plus, folks, um, please to tell you that this will hopefully be, if it's not the last, it'll be the penultimate. Um, podcast where we don't have microphones because we have them ordered uh three microphones personal ones for each of us and they're coming next week and so the podcast will sound much better and we're all very excited to have our own mics and shared each other down microphones um we we will we're going to look at the Jaden sancho deal uh obviously liverpool have been linked with jamal lewis which i think uh, is pretty pretty close to being done um Arsenal, the, the redundancy that was going on today and was announced. We want Johnny's opinion on that because I know the two of us, will, me and Brent, will share Johnny's views on that. And then uh, a bit of Chelsea chat on Kai Havertz and different things. But Saturday night, Jonathan, you had yep. yourself quite the night, sir. <clears throat> I did. I did indeed. Uh, the Arsenal, uh, did you just call Arsenal Arsenal FA Cup football team? Yeah. just love the FA Cup. Like, yeah. Great, great um, trophy. You don't like it, but, but I like it. No, I don't like it, but you use win it, like so. You, you don't care about that. Um, how did you? What did you think by the, on Saturday? Then, how did you find the game? Um, and talk to me a little about Pierre Emerick Aubameyang and how important he, he has turned out for Arsenal. My nerves were racked, racked, especially after five minutes gone. I thought, "Fuck's sake, here we go, back to you all over again." But <laughs> I mean, like obviously, the beers helped calm the nerves. So uh, that that was okay. Um, I, I think the first twenty minutes was was really all Chelsea, uh, bar the one chance of I had early on. Uh, Mason Mount should have scored at the Giroud, and it would have been one 0 within a couple of minutes. And then Chelsea probably could have went on and got an goal there. But we just got a bit of luck, you know. Aspen Laqueda going off injured, Pulisic going off injured, you know. Obviously the sending off as well and. You know, the Martinez thing didn't even get reviewed by VAR. I really don't know whether it was in or out. I haven't really looked at it. Don't really give a shit anyway. So, um, yeah, like, we needed it more than Chelsea. Um, it kind of, like I said, it makes up a wee bit for what happened in Baku, but not really because that was a European trophy at the end of the day and would have got us in the Champions League. But, you know, it's nice. it's nice to win a trophy because we, uh, we are just the FA Cup kings. You know, we've won it more times than anybody else. And I would rather win an FA Cup and finish 8th and finish 6th and celebrate getting Europa that way but you know some teams don't have big mentality but... who, who could he possibly be talking about who could you <laughs> be aiming that dig out there sir I don't know I'm not making a documentary this year about how shit my club is <laughs> you never know I haven't told you what we're doing next with Sports Bob we'll see the, uh, don't jump too far ahead uh, Brenton obviously um you were all you. You got the brunt of some lovely voice notes and text messages from our team. <laughs> uh, Steamed is a very good word to use there. <laughs> <laughs> my my comedic uh, talent is underrated, boys. I've been telling this for years. So, Brent, yeah, you lost the FA Cup to to Arsenal. Um, who would you rather lose it to, by the way, me or Johnny? 
Uh, like it's just one of those uh, Sophie's choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, how? What did you think of the game on um, Saturday? And w- were the injuries more devastating to you than than winning than losing the FA Cup? Um, yeah, I think I think I said that to you initially, um, but. Um, I was, I was upset, like upset by the performance as well. Like Chelsea are so up and down, and um, I suppose with you know Arsenal as well this season, um, you don't really know what what to expect from them. Um, like Arsenal going and beating Man City and Liverpool, and then struggling against Watford, as Jerry touched on the last pod, like but. Chelsea have been the same all season. It's it's remarkable that they finished top four, but that really um, that really made the result on Saturday a lot easier to take that we uh, had already secured Champions League football. If we hadn't and um, we we were to lose that, um, that would have gone from looking like a very good first season for Lampard to to a bad one. Like let's face it. Um, but yeah, um, injuries were very hard to take. Um your captain, like your your most senior player and, and the one who maybe when that defence has been good, he has been the one organising it. So uh God love us for Baron, but um yeah Pulisic as well. Um he looked Chelsea's brightest spark and and you know Arsenal were kind of struggling to to cope with him. So um that was that was hard to take as well and and just hope that he'd be back you know for the start of the season but uh yeah a couple of like that was hard to take the the injuries and and the red card was difficult as well but i don't think chelsea deserved it either so i don't think we were hard done by um couple of dodgy calls from the ref but abamyang made the difference in the end like when when you have somebody world class like that um up against that defence um, he's always going to do damage and he showed his class like. Johnny is he your best forward since Henri mm. when well that season Van Persie had that season Van Persie is a very good striker but I would probably say yeah he probably is like he's you know he actually explained about the second goal about he played with Zuma at SCNMPN and he kind of had in his head, Zuma will know I'm going to hit this more right. And that's why he took it on to the left. But um, he's, he's, he's different gravy. Hopefully, he's, I think he will sign a new deal now. We've got back into European football. But um, I, th- I think to give a bit of mention to David Louise, who played actually quite well. And he stuck one clean into the back of Olivier Giroud early on, which kind of set the tone. Uh, kind of funny when you listen to it with no crowd noise and you just hear Giroud crying like a wee bitch and that really, really, really made my day. I have to say, loved it. But yeah, Aubameyang, top, top class. It's, it was interesting that David Luiz had a solid <clears throat> performance and it, you could sort of tell when I look back on the highlights anyway, I didn't watch the game live, that, that that made a difference to Arsenal. It really does. When he when he is the David Luiz that was so brilliant at times at Chelsea, I'm not saying he's reached those levels at Arsenal for a consistent period or even anything like that there, but when he is himself solid, 
it makes such a difference that Arsenal backline. You can sort of sense looking at it that they're a little bit calmer. There's not as much chaos. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he he can't rely on him to do that every week though. That's the no, problem. Like no. when he when he is good like that, he is very difficult to play against. Um, but the you mentioned their consistency. Like it, it's just not a word that you would you you would associate with David Luiz. And he, he was he was very good on Saturday. Um, and Giroud was quiet. Was taken off early, um, but uh, you know he needs to be like that maybe 90 percent of the season. Instead, it's more like fifty probably. Mm. Mm, yeah, we're we're not going to get the best out of David Luiz now. Whatever his best really was, like it's he's long past it now. Um, I think just for his experience and leadership is why he's been kept on at Arsenal. You can understand why the deal was was done because really we're kind of have our hands tied and obviously we're going to speak about the redundancies in a bit, but you know the financial situation is kind of you know difficult for Arsenal to kind of make any big moves in the transfer window. Well, you would think, but we'll, we'll find out, I suppose, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it, John. We'll, <laughs> we'll chat about it now while we're talking about Arsenal, and then we'll chat about Chelsea and potential dealings they're going to possibly do in the next couple of weeks, but. It was announced today, it broke today, the news that um, Arsenal, Arsenal broke it themselves, they sent a statement out, um, that they are, they, 55 redundancies across the club, that's within the football side and also admin and retail, um, and a couple of other sectors within the club. The, the Arsenal are the first major club to do it, so there's no point in us saying, like, I don't know if Chelsea will do it, and I don't know what Liverpool are going to do, but there's a possibility both clubs will do that too, so it is going to happen with the current climate that we're in, but it does sort of, it makes it look now, I'm just thinking of my own club here, when, when Klopp said last week, we, we can't do business like like others or we can't do big business, you know, it's going to be whatever and we, we need to be sensible about it. And then when you look at Arsenal and potentially looking at more signings, when they were, were announcing 55 redundancies, it is not, it's not very good luck, Jonathan. No, it's not. And to think that there was so much pressure put on Arteta and the team to win the Europa, or sorry, win the FA Cup to get in the Europa League for that extra mm-hmm. bit of money, and then the clubs on a high, everyone is absolutely buzzing. And a couple of days later, they do do something like this. And one of our more senior scouts, you know, who's been at the club for many years, has been let go. He was involved with recruiting the likes of Cesc Fabregas and things like that there, and he's been let go. So it's um, it hasn't went down well. Accord, it's been very the word being used is amusement at the move to act the act such respectable personnel. So uh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to go down well with people that are still left behind at the club. Um, the, uh, Arsenal got uh, three million for winning the um, for winning the the FA Cup, and if fifty five staff members were all on thirty five k a year, that would equate to about two point three or two point four million. Mm-hmm. So. Especially when you have a billionaire owner, I think he's worth eight point three billion. He's worth. Uh, it's it's not a good look at all, like, especially for a club like us who, you know, it's it's more like we we always kind of say we have values and you know tradition, and to do things like this is showing that the people that are in charge now don't kind of share the same values that maybe historically they did. But it is it is quite concerning. I don't like to see stuff like that because it's bad press yeah. for us, and usually we. Or a club that do the right thing, but at the moment it's it's not great. And like, I I, I don't want to praise Liverpool because I did that last time and they tried to furlough everyone. 
But <laughs> I don't know if it's the same with your fan base. It is with our fan base, um, where it's constant, like, get signings, get signings, get signings. And, and I don't know if you've seen this, you two lads, and you can jump in here, Brett, and I don't know if you've seen it, but there's this hashtag doing the rounds again called it's FSG out. And again, I'm just talking about our owners here because I don't know what's going on with the Cronkies and I don't follow Arsenal um, fans on Twitter as much as I just follow Jonathan, really. Um, but it is a wild uh, situation we find ourselves in where there was a post put up uh, by Arsenal to update fans on on the statement today and what happened. And if you go onto that post and scroll down, there is so many people asking for big signings. Oh, yeah. Where's, where's this player? Where's this player? And and the same thing for Liverpool. Like We get it if the club do a post, like Peter Moore is leaving, uh, the CEO. It's been very successful. And he's had some mistakes, but he's always come out of it very well. And he's looked after people at the club and different things. And it was, where's Thiago? Or... <laughs> Where's the, why are we not where's the team of Werner money or FSG you know, is here and it, it, it is really it's it's such shite to see that I don't yeah. know Chelsea fan base seems like it's in a good mood at the minute Brenton's and maybe you aren't seeing that but I don't know if that was the case maybe before the ban last year they were constantly asking for signings or well Chelsea Chelsea fans can't keep up with the signings that we actually are making so they <laughs> don't need to ask for any more like um and and that's what I was going to say about the um. If Chelsea right now attempt to lay people off, that is going to look very, very bad because look at the amount of money they're spending and the amount of money that they reportedly have still yet to spend. So the the whole way through quarantine, lockdown, whatever you want to call it, Chelsea looked after their staff from from the word go. So it it would surprise me um, if people were let go. Um, but as you say, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but. Um, I would be very, very disappointed if that happened. And like, can you imagine? And we'll talk. We'll talk about it as well in a minute. The big, the big summer transfer looks like it's going to happen. Can you imagine if Manchester United spend 120 million on Sancho and then lay off staff. Mm. I know, I know, United fans that would that would take that to heart. Like that would not go down too well. They'd be furious at that. And the football clubs do need to assess things here. Like they do need to. I know Arsenal haven't made big signings. I know they're trying to get William on a free. And and it isn't great that he's gonna get met maybe fifty, sixty thousand or whatever it is a week and, and they're letting staff go that fifty five of them to all together maybe don't get a week as a as a salary. you know, that kind of way it is horrendous. But I, I think football has a chance to sort of recalibrate itself. And I'm not mm-hmm. having to go here because Manchester United are my my rivals or whatever is a Liverpool fan, they're gonna buy Sancho, he's a wonderful player and it's their money. But football has a chance to sort of Take a look at itself and slap itself in the face over the last couple of months. And we're going straight into this now where there's going to be, I'm not not criticizing Chelsea, either. there's 120 million in Sancho, 100 million pro- probably in Havertz, 60 million in Werner. And don't get me wrong, Liverpool can go out here and spend 40, 50 million on someone now as well. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they won't, but it, it is a bit depressing that it hasn't sort of rejigged itself and thought, no, let's like let's calm down here a little bit. And maybe I thought it would have been a chance to put a, a cap on how much you spend on players in that way and, yeah. and let's put more money back in the club so you're not letting 55 people go so you have an opportunity to keep these people on and grow your club that way but it, it, it's a weird football does what it wants it lives in its own bubble football you know it, yeah. it does whatever it wants do you know what I mean and we saw that like Man City's biggest win in Europe was when they won that court case 
You know what I mean? And when Real Madrid put them out next week, it will maintain to be their biggest uh, win in Europe. You know what I mean? And and then, then they'll go and spend money whenever they want and they'll be like, do whatever they want. So it's, it's, it's a whole farce now. It's a little bit depressing, I must say, um, to see stories like this coming out. Now. And I'm, I'm half expecting it to happen to Liverpool as well. And we'll be talking about this in two or three weeks' time. But um, yeah, I know you were annoyed by it, Johnny. And, and what I will say is that when, uh, when, when they tried to furlough staff at Liverpool, uh, us being the way that we are and how mental and, and thick-headed we are as fan base, we got at the club and within um, what was a couple of days, a couple of 24, whatever it was ours, they reversed that decision. So I'm hoping that the Arsenal fans can rise up and the club have a look at this and think, no, we're, we were wrong here. Like let's, let's do it a different way. But we'll see. Hopefully, that's one to watch, I think, the next couple of days. Um, so another one to watch, he's playing tomorrow night against Rangers. Nice little segue, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, is Kai Havertz, and he's obviously been heavily, heavily linked to join uh, the Chelsea German Revolution. Um, what do you make of this, Brenton? Just on Havertz, are you, are you still excited about him? Or as it was posed by a journalist, I can't remember which one it was, and I apologise. Um, he said earlier, um, would Chelsea not be better using Havertz money to maybe go and get themselves some defensive reinforcements? In a word, yes. Um the, you know, unless you know, I, I think it is, it couldn't be more glaringly obvious I, after that FA Cup final, and you know, even if you didn't know before that Chelsea are in desperate need of of defenders, and you know, there's reports coming out as well that they are, um, that you know, a, a third of their squad is basically up for sale, um. From Rudiger, Zuma, Alonso, Emerson, right across the back line, are all they will be happy for them to go if they and if Chelsea could recoup money from that, that's what they would, you know, put towards, you know, maybe a Declan Rice or a Ben Chilwell or a Tagliafico or whatever it is. Um, so it, it seems that they're confident that they'll have money, whether it be. It looks like they are going to sign Havertz. I know uh, the deal is just taking a bit longer um, because, well, Leverkusen want him to play in the Europa League for a start. But, yeah. um, you know, they are going to spend that money. So the, either the money's already there to, to invest in um, defenders or, you know, Jorginho as well could, could go, which, you know, Juventus might pay a, a, quite a high fee for. So they must be confident that they're going to have money there to then go again. And also talk of a, a goalkeeper as well. Like Kepa is, uh, sorry, should have mentioned him first. He's, I mean, he's definitely up for sale. And now whether somebody wants to take him or not is a completely different issue because Chelsea, as you know, don't really um, sell players low. But in this case... Um, they might have to take a, a bit of a hit on him, or else you know loan him out for with an option to buy for two years or something like that. A bit like United did with Sancho and split his wages, something like that. Um, but or sorry, not Sancho, Sanchez. Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting. I think there's no doubt about it. Chelsea will have a busy summer left with comings and goings. I would say. Yeah, it is interesting, Johnny. If you were. Uh, and I know you'll probably you'll say something smart here, but if you were a Chelsea fan right now and uh, at the situation they're in, where would you invest your money? Um, 
I'm actually quite surprised to hear Rudiger will be up for sale. I thought he'd be one of Chelsea's better defenders. Um, probably, probably a goalkeeper. Uh, it's been quite obvious that uh, Aspilicueta, or sorry, Aspilicueta, what the hell is he playing? Arisa Rolaga, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite obvious he's just not kind of up to it. Uh, Caballero's a, a decent keeper, like, but he's not your you know title-winning goalkeeper. So yeah, I'd probably if I was Chelsea, I'd be looking at probably a goalkeeper. And yeah, of course, defenders like uh, we need defenders ourselves. So, uh, we, you know, if if a club uh, is coming in for a player that Arsenal are after, like like Chelsea, then it's going to be very difficult for us to convince that player to go come to us than rather to go to Chelsea because the Champions League and more money on offer and things like that there. So there is them issues like, but you know, Chelsea are not in a bad position really. When you think of it, like I understand it's it's probably disappointing not to win the FA Cup but at the end of the day it's not the end of the world for them they'll be in Champions League next year and like I said before a few weeks ago I think they'll go on they'll challenge uh, Liverpool and Man City next year so I guess it's, it's looking good for them really like they can't be really too much to complain and like Brenton said they can't really keep up with the signings it's like every other day there's a new signing into Chelsea so yeah they've good things to look forward to next year with Frank yeah uh, we, we have, the three of us have all said that Frank Lampard gets um, a serious dose of kicking sometimes in the media um, because of obviously the record. Now, Brent, you said yourself the defensive record is shambolic, like, and that is one thing he's obviously going to look at. And people have thrown up that they think they got more points last year and finished higher last year by one one position, but they also had one of the greatest Premier League players to ever play. <laughs> you know, in Eden Hazard, that was winning games on his own. Yeah. Both of our teams, Johnny, know what that's like to be against him when he does that. So mm-hmm. um, I do feel that's a little bit harsh on Frank sometimes, but he's still only finding his feet. Like even saw last night, Scott Parker got promoted and there's already little digs at Scott Parker because he's English and he's coming up. But I quite like Scott Parker and I thought he was very good last night, the way he spoke. But yeah, if I, if I was Chelsea, uh, <laughs> if you can get Kai Havertz, you'd be stupid to turn it down. Yeah. On the other hand, if they were to add in more defensive reinforcements to that squad, and you, you already had Ziyech, Pulisic, um, uh, Werner, Cho, Abraham, Giroud up front, and I would look at possibly a midfielder as well, and you'd be surprised to know he's actually the top tackler in Europe. Now, I heard this in second captains, and apologies, Ken, if I got this wrong, but he's the top tackler in Europe in winning the ball back, and it's actually Declan Rice. Mm-hmm. And that is someone I think, unfortunately for West Ham fans, not going to like this. He just looks like he's a Chelsea footballer. Do you know? Yeah. And I know that sounds stupid. People go, "What do you mean?" But he just—he just looks like he would fit in at Chelsea uh, with the whole of the, the whole Chelsea club behind him, and he just looks like he would lead Chelsea down the line. You know, Declan Rice looks like he's going to come through as potential England captain down the line, and I think that would be uh, before Havertz. I think that would be a, a, an outstanding signing for Chelsea. Because he can slot in the centre half as well, and if you have him and Kante in midfield, like good luck getting through them. Yeah, but, uh, the the thing is that um, the all the reports coming out about Declan Rice are that Chelsea want to buy him to play him in centre half, like that. That would be where Frank would want to have him because he, as you say, he can win the ball back. He's played central defence before, but. As we've seen, sometimes Chelsea's demise this season. They want Lampard wants to play football at the back, and 
uh, Rice is more than capable of, you know, uh, he's he's a ball player too. So he, that would that would really fit. And also, if he plays centre half, it would, as you say, future captain, it would um, it would suit him more uh, to play in there and sort of um, read the game and um, you know shout as well because. Um, Liam Toomey recently at, at one of the games was saying that Kepa was the loudest voice on on the park at Chelsea and he was just shouting nonsense. You know, he wasn't he was just shouting for the sake of shouting. He wasn't actually giving out any good yeah, instructions. Yeah. Um and, and apart from that, the rest of the Chelsea team are quite quiet and there's not a huge pile of leaders um or a huge pile of senior players. And if you're gonna be taking William out of that, which looks like you are, Pedro's gonna be going as well. Um it diminishes it even more you know David Luiz as as you know unreliable maybe as he was on the pitch he was a leader too and, and a senior figure so um Declan Rice could quite quickly morph into into that for Chelsea and I think you're right that is um that is quite a priority if they can if they can go after Declan Rice and get him I just think West Ham are going to hike the price up and why would they not do you know what I mean well They've done all right, Chelsea, when they've bought midfielders from West Ham. <laughs> Young English midfielders from West Ham. They've done all right. Um, Johnny, the big summer transfer this season so far looks like it's going to potentially be um, Jaden Sancho uh, going to uh, Castle Gre- Old Grayskull or whatever you call it. Um, Old Trafford did play his football with Rashford, Martial and Greenwood. Um, but our, our hero, David Orney, Ornstein hmm. broke the news last night um, that potentially the deal might be a bit of a hitch. Um, do you think United will get this over the line or do you think this is a case of what Manchester United seem to be doing uh, under this ownership and um, uh, directors or whatever at the box and CEOs where they, they, they tell a club, no, we're not giving you your asking price. They wait six months and then they give that club the asking price. <laughs> well... Uh, firstly, I, I seen that apparently I don't know if it was true or not. Sancho preferred a move to Liverpool over Man United. Um, All right. I, I don't know if that was true or not, but it was off a verified account. So can I just confirm before Johnny goes on? If that happens, folks, I'll be on a naked podcast. Go on ahead, Jonathan. It's a good job you can't see our podcast. Anyway, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I think Man United will just pay the money and get him because they're Man United and. Like you said, they'll just they'll just do it because they know their fans will go absolutely boogaloo if they don't. Um, the wages that are being reported is fucking, oh my god, it's just it's mental, it's mental. Like you know, I said you at the time about uh, Hudson Odoi's contract at Chelsea, the money he was getting for the age he was. I was like, what is that about? It's uh, the same sort of thing with Sancho. I just think it's it's mental, especially after a world pandemic that. You know, they're going out and spending, I don't know what the actual fee, they're asking is 100 odd million or something for Sancho, plus 300 something grand a week. It's, like you said, football it lives in its own bubble. Um, obviously, Chelsea had the hazard money and have sold other players and things they got in between. So that's how they've been able to recruit. Um, Man United still have, like we said, Alexis Sanchez on the wage bill. Even though they're paying half his wages, it's still extortionate wages. Like um, we have one player in those sort of wages, and we are struggling to get rid of them. <laughs> so, like, 
it's just it's crazy. I just cannot deal with the way football is now. It just really pisses me off. And when you see these sort of transfers going through, and like it just doesn't matter what happened over the last couple of months. Like it doesn't matter whether thousands of people died, not all people are unemployed. And that's what pisses me off. But my own club at the moment, they let people go. But for these types of transfers to be happening, even talk about is fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's um, it's uh, I think gonna be helped a bit by the fact that um, Inter Milan are, are look looking like they're gonna actually sign Sanchez on a permanent deal, which I don't know why they would do, but apparently they're gonna take his wages off United's hands now, and um, that'll that'll go a good way to paying Sancho's wages, I would think. Seventeen goals and seventeen assists last season for Sancho. I think he was joint was he joint third across Europe or something for goals and assists uh, together, which is some going when he's so so young. He, he, he's probably the, the most talented English footballer at the minute, maybe himself and Rashford and yeah. um uh, <laughs> no, I mean young young player, sorry, young English footballer. Um, I'd rather have Rashford than Harry Kane. But that's a different story on another day. Um, but You'd rather yeah, have Rashford, uh, like, yeah. I prefer. I'm a. I like. I hope my dad isn't listening to this, but I'm. I'm actually a, a massive closet Marcus Rashford fan. Um, I just think he's unbelievable. I would. I would pay to watch him play, only not in the Man United shirt. Um, unless I was guaranteed they're going to lose. But yeah, I. I, I think he, it's a. It, it's not. It's, it would be a standout signing for Manchester United, and and I'm, their fans are buzzing. They managed to make Champions League. They're, they're playing Lask tonight in um, second leg of the. Uh, of the Europa League, uh, young Northern Ireland national Ethan Galbraith is in the squad as well. So hopefully for football over here, he, he gets a bit of game time in there. But Sancho's a, a wonderful player. They'll they'll be they'll, they'll look like they'll be even more devastating at times going forward next year. But it'll be all party at the back, which is you know, like, <laughs> sure. you had to make the comment, didn't you? Brent's looking at me here on the screen. You know, it's exactly he, he echoes the same feelings. Like it's exactly the same thing. He, you buy Sancho and whatever, and he'd be brilliant. You'll score a load of goals, and definitely he'd be so unbelievable going forward and brilliant to watch. But if he can't defend, and we were told this for years at Liverpool, and then Brenton looked at me on the screen now, he's telling me this at Liverpool. He's talk about it. If, if he can't, defense wins titles, mm-hmm. like look at that great Arsenal team, Johnny. He's conceded about two and a half goals one season. Do you know the what I mean? thing is, you you put together that front three with probably less money than what United are going to pay for Sancho. It's just, just what I mean. Like you could put together a half decent team with that money. They could invest at defenders. You know they don't really need anybody up front. Let's be honest. Like the three great players there. Like I understand they might need another one in for cover, but go and spend that money on Sancho. It's just mad when they need to address the backline. It's something that we didn't do for years. We needed we needed defenders. Christ and so Campbell left, but yet we still have not signed anyone. This is the thing with Man United. They're just signing players, I think, in the wrong areas. Yeah, it, well, yeah, the proof will be in the, the end of the season. Yeah, I, I, I echo that too, Brenton, about Chelsea too. Like, I'm not saying that, like, Zayach and Werner are two wonderful players, so I'd be very excited if they were borrowing Liverpool tops very soon. Don't get me wrong. But I know you're thinking that too. Like, you're thinking, yes, next season we look class going forward, but we're still all party at the back. Yeah, it, it would it would make me happier right now to sort of address your question earlier. It would make me a lot happier right now to see Jacqueline Rice confirmed, um, or All Black confirmed, living in absolute dream world there. Like, but 
um, than Havertz confirmed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, as you said, you read out the list of options that Chelsea already have going forward. Um, and it's a lot more scarce at the back. When you touched on it there, Johnny, um, about Liverpool, how they built the squad, they seem to enjoy buying left-backs from teams that get relegated. Um, and it looks like um, they are potentially going to sign Jamal Lewis uh, from Norwich. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm quite excited about it, not only because I'll, I'll hopefully get to watch him play for Northern Ireland as well, which is nice, um, but I think he's a good young player. And, and we've needed cover at left-back because if Robertson gets injured next season, James Milner will be 65 years old. That's not going to work anymore. Um, do you know what I mean? Left back and and Yassi Larucci is looking. He's looking to play more and more games. So potentially the deal is that Larucci goes to Norwich, um, and we give Norwich some money. I think it's going to be roughly in around ten million pounds. Just wonder what you thought of that as a signing for Liverpool. What you just make of that? And did you did you see much of Jamal last year? So I saw him play a few times in Northern Ireland as well as watching Norwich, and he's he's always impressed me. Yeah, he, he's one of the bright spots like that Norwich had this season. Yeah. Um, he he was the one. Uh, you know, and suits Liverpool too. Like, do you know what I mean? Going forward, he he's very good as well as defensively, um, and it it'll it'll be good for um for those fullbacks like uh, Robertson and, and Alexander Arnold to have quality backup, um, you know, right behind them because we all know about the the. The whole famous saying about uh, it's so much more difficult to retain a title than it is to win it, and do players slack off five ten percent, you know, the next year, and somebody like that of of real genuine quality and young and enthusiastic and plays the style of play that club wants to play, um, you know, right up your ass for a position basically, um, is is bound to drive Robertson on, like who's already world class in himself, like, but you know, if he even thought that's what you know, that's what league champions need to do is to to go again and um sign quality and keep fighting value where you can um and i i think he'd be an excellent signer yeah i don't think i'll let you come in a minute here john i don't think it's a case of he's just going to sit behind robertson he's, he's going to push robertson and, yeah. and he showed sometimes um i was watching because obviously the way fans are now as soon as someone's name is mentioned there's a an eight an eight hour video on YouTube up of all his best bits. And um, there's a video of Jamal I was watching at lunchtime earlier. Uh, some of his best bits just um and I remember the game he actually scored in against Leicester and he plays an unbelievable cross field ball from left to right fullback. And that's obviously something Liverpool are trying to master and it's one of their main weapons. So you can picture him firing that across to Trent Alexander Arnold or Nico Williams, just like the boys were doing last season. So I'm quite excited about that, Johnny. What did you make of the of the link? Smart signing. Um, Liverpool don't. I don't think Liverpool need to add much to the current squad, but to pick up what I would say that is a bargain, uh, a player that's going to be competitive and is going to push Andy Robertson all the way. You know, make sure he's on his toes for next season. Like it, it's smart business by Liverpool. It, it's um, it's a set of, sort of signings that I think at the moment clubs should be making, not kind of going out and spending 120 million on Jaden Sancho, but. You know, we've talked about that when we move on. But uh, I just think, yeah, really real good business for Liverpool. Um, I think he's will go again next year. I, I can't really see his slacking off, not with Jurgen Klopp in charge. So, yeah, I'd be delighted if, if we got him in. But then again, we have a great left-back. You have a great left-back. So, it's uh, 
Yeah, smart business. We'll take them. We have no left backs. Well, you do. They're just they're just not about good. to say that. I was I was about. I don't know necessarily if you if you can, like, yeah, you could actually. No, I'm talking nonsense. You probably could fire straight into Chelsea starting eleven just with what what they have at the minute. And um, Marcus Alonso is good going forward, but a complete lunatic when he's asked to defend anything. And I quite enjoy him as a neutral, to be honest. Um, well, yeah, that was one that actually struck me earlier. I was thinking, like, that's probably, a, as you said, a left-back that Chelsea could go after. And for £10 million, like, it's, it's not really to be sniffed at. But, uh, look, I'm excited. I know there's people over here in, in Northern Ireland are quite excited um, because we'll get to see him and plenty. It's good for Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland if they can have more players playing at the bigger clubs in the Premier League. It's much better for the quality of football and coming through, whatever. But um, I think that'll possibly... Uh, do do us for this week. Uh, Spurs are in, possibly getting Pierre Emerick Hoiberg. So you're trying to say Pierre Emerick Aubameyang? I no, actually uh, thought that myself. Oh man! Um, I got that right, didn't I? He, he is Pierre Pierre Emerick as well, isn't he? Hoiberg, uh, uh, Amelia from Southampton, um, yeah. which is like a complete Randy Orton. RK Orton nowhere. I don't know where that came from, but um, yeah, that's an interesting sign of them. It's not. It's not one that is going to get. Spurs fans buzzing, I don't think, but he's a good quality player in the midfield. Clearly, Ndombele is about to get hoofed out to God knows where by Jose. So, um, he's a good player, but it's, it's interesting. One, I don't know where Spurs pulled that one from, but yeah, well, we'll um, we'll be back next week. Um, Chelsea will have played Bayern Munich, so looking forward to talking with that. Uh, <laughs> currently blessed himself on the video here. I'm actually wearing a Bayern Munich top out of badness. Okay, um, yeah. uh, so. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about hopefully be more signings. Uh, we we might even have fixtures coming out soon. I'd imagine uh, the league starts in about four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back. I'll be back with Babble Screen too uh, next week, and we will have our microphones, which will hopefully sound better. So, um, yes, Brenton, thanks as always for coming on and obviously producing the show. No problem. Uh, Mudman, thank you as always. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, folks, get all of our stuff on um, social media at the Sports Babble uh, on our Instagram, Facebook, and our Twitter. Make sure you head over to our Instagram as well. Check out some of our polls that Brendan's running and uh, and get involved. And you get our podcast across all your platforms. And as always, tell all your mates to give us a listen. And um, we'll have a few more guests lined up as well, folks. So they'll be coming on the next couple of weeks. So speak to you again soon and good luck.